0: With Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM from Brooklyn, New York. And usually when I start this show off, you know, I start with a monologue talking about so many games or or top sports stories that are going on at the moment. Obviously, today's gonna be a little bit different because I really wanted to uh, spend the time and not just a segment. On this uh, particular topic, and if you're not sure what I'm actually talking about, I'm talking about the uh, passing of the great Muhammad Ali at the age of 74. And I didn't want to have it as just like a small segment. You know, as like the hot news, the hot sports news of the day or of the weekend. I, I feel like because of Muhammad Ali's influence and not just the, not just boxing, but his influence on the culture, he more than deserves his own show. So this show is dedicated to the life of Muhammad Ali. And, um, I'm gonna, you know, it's going to be a light show. It's not going to be, uh, you know, really like, you know, talking more about his sickness and and some of the down points of his life towards his um, passing, unfortunate passing. It's gonna really deal more along the lines of who he was as like as a person as a performer and uh just the joy that he brought so many people uh you're talking about a guy that he stood up against the u s government during a time of war, and you know and we are like in a we're at a time where we didn't have to think about the draft. We've been we've been blessed, and I'm talking about the people in my generation. We haven't had to worry about a draft, and you know, going against our will, to fight, like in Iraq or any other parts of the country. But during the Vietnam War, Muhammad Ali was one of the people that were drafted. And um, then he was Cassius Clay before he had converted. He uh, really took... I, I don't know. It's its such an unprecedented stand because when he did it, he was obviously stripped of the title. He was told he couldn't fight anymore. Uh, you know, they tried to put him in jail. its It became such a national story. He was looked at by many people as a coward. You know, they, a draft dodger. They Back then, they called him cowards. They didn't believe in the country, didn't believe in fighting for freedom. It's interesting that you look at how he had to handle that. And also, he's a black man. in that time. During that time, all the racism that he was facing, and I'm not even talking about anything he's done in the ring yet. This is a time of segregation. This is a time of... You know, you couldn't even share a bathroom if you're a different color or a different race than someone else. So, for him to be the heavyweight champion of the world, as loud and as boisterous as he ever wants to be, he still, at the end of the day, remained who he was and stayed true to himself. And we can go through, obviously, the quotes, and I'm going to play a lot of classic Ali footage. Well, sound, I should say, in regards to some of the stuff he said, like some of the comedic great moments and some of his deep, deep parts about him. that I think a lot of people took for granted for a long time and uh, his belief, you know, um, as a Muslim and and as well as just what he believed as a black man. And, you know, he was really strong on that. He, de- he, he, he wasn't, I don't always like to say he was a racist or something like that. I didn't really think it was that. I just think it was more of a pride of who he is in a time where it wasn't ideal to be like, okay, this is a black person, you know, doing great things. It was kind of like looked down upon. He was proud of who he was and what he could bring to the world. And that's really the influence he's going to he's had on not only the current athletes today, athletes before him, uh, just people in general. That is his legacy. Yes, you know, the boxing, we can go through the stats and we will because they are great stats. Some of his greatest fights between, you know, Joe, um, George Foreman, Joe Frazier, uh, you know, it's things like that. People will never forget that. The rumble in the jungle. You know, that was the huge fight. Fighting in Africa. He revolutionized the way boxing was done. I mean, you're talking about the technique with the rope-a-dope. Like, letting a guy hit you but not really affect you in a certain way. Tiring a guy out. Putting him away later in a fight. The speed. The quickness. The, uh... Just the power behind his punches... And how intelligent he was in the ring, let alone entertaining. Because he made sure you went there, you were going to see a show. You were going to enjoy it. You were going to leave that, that boxing match with such a great perception of not only the sport, but of him. Because you, even if you hated him, you had to love him because he was just entertaining. He gave you a show. And, um, you know, when you when you think about today's generation of fighters the Floyd Mayweathers and the Adrian Broners they're very boisterous they're very you know I'm the best I'm the greatest that all that all started from Muhammad Ali it's just that Muhammad Ali was the greatest because I felt like he took on all challengers he fought everybody that was at their top and he wanted to prove that he was the best When he was stripped of his title, he wanted to get back out there a couple of years after everybody felt like he was through. He still came back and fought. His uh, contributions to not just boxing, but what he's done to major sports and and the way you look at an athlete and you look at what their opinion is because his opinion was so important. He made sure you knew what he was about, that he wasn't just a guy that, okay, the, um, the bell rings, then he does something. He wasn't a trained toy. This was a guy with personality. This is a guy that I, I kept throwing the word pride out there, but integrity, and he understood his responsibility as a man during that time. As a public figure during that time. He never used it as an excuse as saying, oh, I'm just a boxer. No. He knew what he represented. And that's where the respect comes in. And, I, you know, I'm going to really examine and um, read off some, like, a lot of comments and a lot of Twitter, um, you know, uh, condolences from different celebrities i mean you're talking about from everywhere Uh, i mean movie stars musicians football players nba players nhl it didn't matter baseball they all saluted and i quote the world's greatest that's it that's that's what he's known as the world's greatest that's Muhammad Ali. If anybody says they're the world's greatest, they can't be because that's Muhammad Ali. His impact still continues to be felt. And I have to say it was it felt good to see a lot of people. Just be open and, and really share what they felt about this man. And and I think, you know, even through his his. um his last couple of years you know he's obviously battling Parkinson's for a long time still made appearances from here you know here and there everybody remembers back in 1996 at the Olympics with the torch it's he still gave you memories cause that's Muhammad Ali never left you wanting more. Whatever quote he gave you, whatever uh, whatever action he did, even tweets, because he was still tweeting. People didn't realize this. His Twitter account, he still had active tweets because he would have a little hashtag that says from Ali saying that this was actually his tweet. So the guy never really... He never really gave up with the Parkinson's. He battled it for over thirty years. It's a long time. A disease that could cripple and beat down a person to death. He battled it. Battled it to the end. But that's what is. That's what Muhammad Ali is about. I'm. I'm checking like all the information and they're saying that his uh funeral thing is going to be on Friday of this week Will Smith who played Muhammad Ali in the uh the movie Ali which I thought was very underrated is going to be a pallbearer during the uh, during the service and you know I'm actually going to try to you know, see if I can get a clip of uh of him talking about even playing the role of Ali and getting to know Muhammad Ali in the process because they did become close. They did become good friends. And uh, it was said that Muhammad Ali chose Will Smith to be the guy to play him in that film. So it's, it's all like a real, you know, amazing thing to have to think about, you know, like what a guy like Will Smith would embody the, that person, to, you know, to embody who Muhammad Ali is and uh, become him for that role they obviously know more than anybody could possibly know about him cuz he had to sit and talk with him and, and spend a lot of time with the with the champ so so uh definitely you got to be thinking about Will Smith in that situation as well but uh, like I said it's going to be a good time we're going to enjoy listening and laughing back at uh, some of his old uh sayings going to play a little bit of that later and as well as some uh some real inspirational music that was definitely being played around his time, as well as some songs that were made in um, pretty much, I'm not going to say memoriam, but uh, recognizing his greatness. But if you have any thoughts, as always, 516-900-2278. Going to have Stantel Luis calling after the uh, break. He's going to give his thoughts on uh, Muhammad Ali, his career, his legacy, and so on. But uh, once again, you can always share your thoughts five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. And um, like I was saying, we're gonna play a lot of his uh, a lot of songs that were kind of based off of Muhammad Ali in his career. One of the songs from the soundtrack for the movie Ali was uh, by R. Kelly. It's called "The World's Greatest." It's become pretty, um, basically a, a pretty classic song, and uh, it's only fitting that we start off the show with it. So uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
1: Wind sweeping the country. I am a river down in the valley. Oh, I am a vision, and I can see clearly. If anybody asks you who I am, just stand up tall, look them in the face and say, I'm that star up in the sky, I'm that mountain peak up high. Hey, I made it, mm, I'm the world's greatest And I'm that little bit of hope when my back's against the ropes I can feel it, mm, I'm the world's greatest I am a margin band I am the people I am a heaven hand I am a hero If anybody asks you who I am Just stand up tall Look them in the face and say I'm that star up in the sky I'm that mountain peak up high Hey, I made it Mm." I'm the world's greatest Mm. And I'm that little bit of hope When my back's up against the ropes I can feel it Mm. I'm the world's greatest In the ring of life I'll reign Love, I will reign in the world I made it. am the world's greatest. Oh, I'm that little bit. I'm that little bit oh, of hope. Yeah. With my yeah. I, can. I can. I feel it, feel it. I'm the world's greatest. Whoa. I'm that star oh, up in, the sky sky. Up in the sky. I'm not known to be oh, yes, I am. I've made it. Made it. Made it. I'm the world's greatest. And I'm that little, little bit I'm of hope. That yeah. With my back against the wall, I can feel it I am the world's greatest I saw the light I'm that star up in, in a, a sky, sky. I'm to be a puddle I'm that mountain I'm a puddle at the end of the rainbow I'm the world's greatest When fame was right there I'm a little bit yeah. of a fool Put yeah. my back against the moon Locked doors Now I can just walk I'm the world's I'm great the greatest It's the greatest It's the greatest Can you feel it? Yeah. Can you feel it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sports social at Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. That was the world's greatest by R. Kelly. That was actually from the film Ali. I was back in two thousand and one, and you know, just seeing like how the just how everybody is taking the news and all the different outlets and the way they're reporting it. uh It was it was a shock to people, but at the same time, it was kind of like you know what you felt like he was at peace, and from all the pain that he was going through with the Parkinson's and, and just dealing with everything that comes along with it. And uh, I have the caller on the line and uh, Stan, are you there?
2: What's up buddy?
0: All right. I got Stan Talouise here on the line and um, Stan, obviously is also a huge boxing fan and Muhammad Ali passing away this past Friday. What were your thoughts when you, when you got the news initially? I didn't
2: believe it because initially, you know, they talked about him going to the hospital and it, was, it wasn't it was that serious and things like that. So, you know, when, when I heard, I thought it was just people overreacting. Uh, we see this all the time, with, especially with social media and the Internet. Uh, you know, news, rumors come out and things get exaggerated, things aren't confirmed. So at first I was like, no, come on, the guy they said it was nothing. He said it was just a precaution and, you know, next thing you know, you know, that news comes out and it's, it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to understand cause you know there's a figure that we all grew up with um even you know personally speaking my dad was a huge Ali fan and that's how I came to understand and know who he was so uh it was it was pretty shocking to tell you the truth
0: it was uh definitely shocking and uh, you know what when they when they said originally he was going there he had like respiratory problems I think it was and then I think it was later Friday. We heard that he was in dire. He was in a dire situation. It, it kind of elevated very quickly. It started off as something minor, Dude. and then it was Dude, all of yeah. a sudden it became life or death. He's a critical condition. You know, yeah. It, it was. It was just one of those shocking things, and uh, it, it like I said, it really hit people hard. Now, now I'm just like taking a look at his legacy and what do you feel like his legacy has been? Um, not just for the the current athletes now, but for everybody who kind of follows what Muhammad Ali is about.
2: Uh, I mean, it sounds cliche to say, but he's, he's transcended boxing in a sense. He's transcended sports. Um, this is a guy who, I mean, post his boxing career was, just, you know, with he spent time with presidents of the United States. He spent time with kings, with dignitaries. Uh, he, he was this is basically, for lack of a better term, he's a global ambassador, you know, so... Um, his legacy is more than just boxing. Obviously, in the boxing world, two boxers, he's the greatest of all time in many ways. And, you know, what he's meant to the sport is undeniable. But, uh, I think his lasting impact is, is really, uh, you know, the good he's done outside of the ring. Um, we talk about, you know, his efforts in the Civil Rights Movement and, his efforts, uh, you know, with politics and, 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 and peace and, and things like that. You know, we, you talk about the, the kind of person that brought the world together. The most conservative president that we've had in the past, you know, 20 years, George W. Bush, gave him a medal of freedom. So, you know, his legacy is more than just boxing. It's more than just, you know, sports.
0: Yeah, and it's you know it's it's one of those things where when you think about it, and uh, it's already been a rough year like losing icons, uh, Prince, you know, passing away, um, just WWE's China in a sense, and even Kimbo Slice uh, just yesterday, you know, I, I understand yeah. he's not on he's not going to be considered on that level, but for what he did as a as a guy that was on the internet, but um, back to Ali, when you think about him as a boxer now. Yes, he's been called the world's greatest. He's called himself the world's greatest. Do you, do you feel like he is the world's greatest? This is as a boxer.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you look at record, records and, you know, you talk about 50 wins. You talk about, you know, guys like, you know, Rocky Marciano. You talk about Floyd Mayweather. Um, what, what, what made Ali the greatest was that he was, he kind of transcended his record. Because you look at his records, he, he didn't have five losses. But at the same time, you know, he was he, he also came back. He also, you know, every time he lost, he came back and won. He, you know, uh, whether it was again, uh you know, listening or, or, you know, even, I mean, he, obviously he fought too long. Right? I mean, when he, when he came down to fighting, fighting Spinks in the early 80s or late 70s or whatever it was, and he fought too long. But this is a guy who was the constant champion. champion. You know, the guy who, who fought his contemporaries in their prime. The guy, you know, and obviously boxing was a little different back then. Um, but, you know, he fought his contemporaries. He fought the best fighters in, in their prime, and he beat them. He, I mean, he lost some, but he also, you know... That's what I think made him a great champion, is that he didn't back down and didn't cherry pick. And, you know, not throw shots at anybody, but, you know, that, that's just the way he, that's the way what he did.
3: Yeah, that's,
0: that's... Honestly, that was the first thing I brought up. I was like, he never really... He didn't dodge anybody, you know. I mean, obviously, he didn't dodge. You know, he didn't dodge any big fighter that was out there. Think about some of the people he's beaten, even some of the people he's lost to, were all like top fighters. Right now, you know, obviously with his um, with his passing and and you think about a lot of the people like the Floyd Mayweather's, and I, I was thinking that was the person you were kind of referring to in terms of like dodging certain fighters, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well. Think about Floyd Mayweather. Can you even put him in the class of a Muhammad Ali?
2: Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, just, it's tough to deny that that, that Mayweather is a top five fighter of all time because I, I don't want to take away his accomplishments. But at the same time, it's like how how do you how do you put how do you put him in, in the same class? I mean, the guy in and out of the ring, you can't. You really can't because. I mean, consider the fact that, you know, obviously, everybody knows Muhammad Ali uh, gave up several years in his prime uh, because he got his license taken away and couldn't box. And he lost his, his titles and he couldn't box because he refused to fight in the Vietnam, in the Vietnam War. Uh, so you imagine what his record would have been how many more wins he'd have, how many more title defenses he would have had if his license wasn't, wasn't, wasn't suspended. Um and not to, this honestly isn't a shot at Mayweather, but, you know, how do you even compare one legacy to the other? You can't compare because the, the struggle that Ali had to go through both as a Muslim, as a black man in America, as, you know, all these things, as a civil rights leader, there's no struggle that today's boxers will ever go through, I believe, uh, that, that, that would compare. Um, not to say that it's easy, but especially you know these guys make millions upon millions of dollars, and you know you can't you really can't compare struggles. You can't compare legacies. I don't, I don't think you can put anybody else you know and not to associate anybody, but you can't throw anybody else in that, in that in that category.
0: I definitely agree with you on that. Um, my last my last uh, question in regards to uh, just Muhammad Ali, and you know for his impact and everything that he has been through. What do you what do you feel like is your favorite quote or and favorite match from Muhammad Ali?
2: Um, it's hard to it's hard to go go against uh, the Pearl and Manila. Um, Ali Foreman, Ali Foreman is one of the ones one of the first ones I saw. Um, my dad used to take them um, in, in Haiti. Um, mm. You know it was rare that you know guys, people in '80 got to got to see these fights. So uh, whenever he got an opportunity, he would record them. And so when I grew up, before ESPN Classic was a real thing, I used to watch those fights with him. He used to replay them, and that was one of the first ones that I really saw a lot. Not for any particular reason, but just because that was the first one that I saw. And you know just to see how everybody like I, I when I when I when I saw Foreman, you know. I just knew him as the Meineke guy. I, I saw him, you know, I didn't... I didn't, I knew him as the guy that came back from retirement, and he was, you know, kind of out of shape. Not out of shape. But he was a big old dude, um, but watching Foreman against Ali back in the day, in the 70s, I was like, was this, this such a physically imposing guy. And, you know, my dad told me about uh, the kind of fighter that Foreman was, and to see Ali in his prime um, kind of go up against that kind of adversity, super impressive. And that's that's probably my favorite Ali
0: fight. Definitely hear you on that. And it was a great fight. Uh, Stan, thank you for taking the time, man, to give your thoughts on uh, Muhammad Ali.
2: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the guy, like I said, he transcends sports. And, um, like, not to to make light of it, but if there's any benefit that I, you know, this is speaking as a comedian, I guess, um, if there's any benefit that I could see uh, to this is that I'm really, really tired. I was really tired of them just trotting out Ali at, to every sporting event. Like, just let the guy rest, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just I'm I'm kind of glad that I don't have to see him at every Louisville game, you know, rooting for Rick Potino and whoever. So,
0: <clears>
4: I mean, I
2: guess it's, it's I mean, obviously, you don't want to see the guy die, but at least you know he can rest and things.
0: I definitely agree with that. It was it was becoming an over like you know, it was getting overdone. And uh it was sad seeing him in that state at times. So Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But once again, Stan, thank you very much, man, and uh, have a good one. Oh,
2: thanks for having me. You
0: too. Man. All right. That was Stan Talouese, keep it a real sports correspondent, and he was giving his thoughts obviously on Muhammad Ali and you know, it's interesting. You said that it was hard to watch the fights in Haiti, so his dad used to tape them, and that's how he was able to watch them. It just shows his impact globally. It wasn't just in America and, you know, the problems that were going on in America at the time. He was definitely just socially conscious in regards to, well, the world, I should say, was just socially conscious in regards to, like, how big his fights were. He was known as more than just a guy, you know, an American fighter. Everybody around the world wanted to know him. I mean, you can remember in Africa when... He was fighting George Foreman. It was, you know, Ali, Kumbaya. It was like, kill him. That was the, the chant that they were doing for the longest. So um, it, it's, it's really it, it's really an uh, interesting thing, the fact that um, you, know, you may not see another impact like that. That's really what it comes out to. You just may not see another impact as big as Muhammad Ali. It's just, I, I just can't see that happening. Hopefully, with time you know we 'll get another person that can step up and take that mantle and be that that next cultural icon in the world of sports because it is very is needed really needed badly and um we 'll definitely we'll definitely want to see where it goes what i 'm going to do is uh, take a quick break and uh, when we come back i'm going to play uh, a lot of uh, a lot of sound from people from around the world and giving their thoughts. Um, Friends of Muhammad Ali, and we're going to be doing it throughout the show just to get people's opinions on it. So it's, uh, it's that type of show, and it seems like we're getting another call now. Attention. So you never know. You never know. Like uh, You know, you got people just calling, wanting to give their opinion on Muhammad Ali. So um, once again, that number is 516-900-2278 and um, just discuss it. But uh, like I said, we'll take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Eason here on Soundcast FM.
5: Yeah.
6: can go here. Mm. Why I can't listen to this? Well, what is it to this? It mm. makes me mm. check it more. I don't have to be what you want me to be. I'm free to be what I want to be and think what I want to think. The biggest thing in the world is a heavyweight champion. And I'm not just going to be ordinary heavyweight champion. I'm going to be the greatest of all. I saw Sonny listening a few days ago, Captain. Eddie Edwards? He's—he's too ugly to be the world champ. World champs should be pretty like me. Well, he told me to bet my life that you wouldn't go three rounds. Well, if you want to lose your money, then bet on funny. I'm the champ. Get your ass. How are we going, guys? Broke you? like a butterfly, <laughs> sting like a beauty. <laughs> oh, rubber, young man, rubber. I'm oh, ridiculous.
0: Just a little bit of uh, some of the stuff Muhammad Ali was saying, and like I said, you know, he gave you everything. You, you know, you talk about Sonny Listen, how if you're gonna, you know, bet on him, you you're basically, you know, you're an idiot. He had nicer ways of saying it, but uh, all comedic, all in fun, and it's just that that's the type of person he is, and you're not gonna see a guy handle himself the way he did. And that's the power and why he's being—he's—he's he's so um, revered to this day. Uh, he's talking about a guy that really didn't have much fear. I mean, I, you never really heard, like, Muhammad Ali talk about fear. He always talked about being confident, being ready to go at any moment. So, especially for a time when you're dealing with racism, you're dealing with, um, you know, Uh, The government was after him because of him dodging the draft, in a sense. Refusing to go. Having his license stripped from him. It was, uh... It's really a test. It's really a test to show what he had in terms of his, um in terms of what he brought in terms of as a person, like can he be broken? Because that would have broken anybody. Yeah, livelihood being taken away from you, something you love to do. It's a big deal. Once again, was born Cassius Clay, January 17th, 1942, in Louisville, Kentucky. He actually started training when he was 12 years old. And at 22, won the World Heavyweight Championship from Sonny Liston. And what we were saying was that big upset back in 1964. And obviously shortly after, he made the transition to Islam. Calling, saying that his Clay uh, was his slave name. And that he felt like Ali gave a message of racial pride for African-Americans and resistance to white domination. And this is definitely during the uh, civil rights movement of the 60s. He had a professional record of 56 wins and only five losses, 37 knockouts. And you got to remember, a good chunk of his uh, time was taken away from him because of the uh, license being revoked. So you got to think about if he would have probably had more wins and a lot of those losses came towards the end of his career. Got a gold medal in the uh, Rome Olympic Games back in 1960. Um, you talk about the, aw- the awards he's won: the Presidential Citizens Medal, Presidential Medal of Freedom. Obviously, in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, Hollywood Walk of Fame, and an interesting story about him with the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He refused to have it on the actual ground, so it's actually on the wall because he didn't want for anybody to step on the name Muhammad. So it, it was very, like I said, that was him. He was different, you know. He didn't want to just be what they wanted him to be. He wanted to be himself. Uh, you, you talk about, you know, his, uh, his charisma, his, uh, his spot, loving the spotlight. You know, coming back, winning the title again. Defeating Joe Frazier, the Rumble in the Jungle—it's like it goes on and on. And that's what made Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali. For everybody that's still not too sure about it and not understanding it, he brought that power. He brought that. He brought that soul to the ring that not many people brought. Especially during that time, but you talk about really being great during a time where it was so much racism, so much you know animosity. That's why he's the greatest. I mean, I can talk about this forever, and I you know I feel good talking about it forever, but uh, like I said. Still taking your calls, 516-900-2278. Just share your thoughts. If even you're not sure about certain things, you know, we'll go through it, just discuss it. A lot of people do have opinions on it, and it's well-deserved. So what we're going to do is take another break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. And I just want to remind everybody, make sure you're checking out the show on iTunes. Subscribe as well as on um, the uh, website sportssocialpod.com. We'll be right back with more Muhammad Ali quotes and comments. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Well, this is Sports Social Ed Easton here on SoundCast FM. Once again, this is the Muhammad Ali tribute show. Uh, Muhammad Ali passing away his past Friday, at the age of seventy four. Just talk about his legacy and uh, just all the great things he's did. He he has done in his career, and as well as some of his um his lighter moments, his funnier moments, because he did have plenty of them. Trust me. Um, one of the things I always Think about when it comes to Muhammad Ali and you know his whole story is the, the little jokes, and I don't know if um, people people like really remember the movie Coming to America with uh, Eddie Murphy, and he you know he has a big skit in there it's the big uh, barbershop skit, and he talks about just boxing they talk about Muhammad Ali and Cassius Clay it's one of my favorite scenes throughout the movie and them just talk about boxing in general so um you know I just want to play this part it's it's funny it's it's obviously it's Eddie Murphy talking to himself playing different roles uh it's just a classic it's just a classic thing and I and I felt like it'll be really cool for people who haven't heard it to just enjoy it so Check it out. This is uh, the clip from Coming to America, and they, uh, they talk about Muhammad Ali.
6: Wow, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The Brown bomber. Now, that was a great boxer. you damn right. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. But you got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker.
5: Hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cassius Clay once he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. What kind of shit is that?
6: Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay.
0: So that was the scene. I apologize for any of the the cursing right there. But uh, it was just a classic scene. He does talk about Muhammad Ali. Uh, Just funny stuff from Eddie Murphy back in uh, 1988. And uh, just discussing Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, talk about the change of his name. But uh, staying on that same route, talking about comedy, that's what Muhammad Ali was about in terms of just the way he sent his message out there to people to intimidate them. He uh, had the little jokes, the little sayings. Here is a a nice selection, and I just want people to, like, just to sit back, enjoy it. This is him talking about Sonny Liston. He's talking about Joe Frazier. He's starting fights with George Foreman. Uh, You know, he's messing with Howard Cosell. You got to just enjoy this. This is a compilation of some of the greatest trash talk uh, speeches and interviews from Muhammad Ali. Check it out. Enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
6: I hear a lot of talk about old-time great fighters. I heard people say that Joe Lewis, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Jim Jeffries, and all of them would have annihilated the likes of myself, Muhammad Ali. After watching these films, watching their opponents, watching their styles, watching how they fought, watching the footwork and their speed, and my critics will admit that I am the fastest heavyweight in the history of boxing with feet and hands. It may come as a shock to you, but I say that I would have beat every heavyweight that ever lived before me. Joe's gonna come out smoking, and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier. Is Joe Frazier your cousin? That's yes, right. He sure is. <laughs> and you think your cousin can with me? Uh-huh. You really do? Uh-huh. Anybody on my? <laughs> Anybody on your what? Anybody in my family, I think, can tell me. Anybody in your family can whoop me? Yeah, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe Frazier's your cousin. After I whoop Joe Frazier, are you still gonna come in here and buy a champ Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if I beat him, you gonna still buy a champ burger? Uh-huh. All right. But... Not? <laughs> Let me see you close your mouth and just keep it closed. Well, you know that's no, impossible. No, 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 keep it closed. You know keep that's closed. impossible. I'm the greatest. And I'm knocking out all bones. And if you get too small, I'll knock you out. How did he? He came no longer out. He might get him in too. He, he pulled his hands back. He holds his hands too low. Well, I'm still going in with him. All of you reporters made it hard on this. Never write about me like that. Never make me 6-1. You just make me angry. Never, never make me no underdog. And never talk about who's gonna stop me. Oh, ain't nobody gonna stop me. Not a heavyweight in the world fast enough to stop me. Slow, Joe Lewis. What me? Slow-moving, shuffling, Joe Lewis. Beat me? Henry Cooper's nothing to me. Uh, if this bum go over five rounds, I won't return to the United States for 30 days. That's final. Okay, since you're not worried about this guy Cooper, uh, how about when you get through with him? What are your plans after that? Well, uh, you're right. I'm not even worried about this big bum. Uh, Cooper will only be a warm-up until I get to that big, ugly bear, Sonny Liston. London England, I jumped off the airplane. Picture, cameraman, everywhere I go, you can look in the gym today. The TV, the cameraman, everybody follows me, I'm so great. See that bear on the street? I beat him before the fight. You'd actually take him on before the fight? Beat him like I'm his daddy. I, I, I make this prediction. This will be the biggest upset in all fighting history, and this will be the easiest fight of my life. The ball is training harder for this fight than any fight in the past. This is Cassius Marcellus Clay. He's young, he's handsome. They know it. He's a poet, a prophet, and many people believe he'll be the next heavyweight champion of the world. I saw Sonny listen a few days ago, Cassius. Ain't he ugly? <laughs> He's <laughs> too ugly to be the world champ. The world champ should be pretty like me. Well, he told me to bet my life that you wouldn't go three rounds. Well, if you want to lose your money, then bet on Sunday. Oh, uh, may I ask because you this? Because I'll never lose a fight. It's impossible. Tell him. It's impossible. Never you lost be a fight in your beat. life. That's any of my fans remember the last time they lost. I'm too fast. Champion for the I'm the, the king. King Born of Christ. the camp. Born i the crib. Ah! I predict that he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. <laughs> He'll be in the worst of fixed if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm holler. pretty. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I don't want to mess with your trainer. I just want you to know that from now on, you are the rabbit. Well, I do I it sound like I'm quiet to you? As loud as I'm hollering, you call me quiet? Well, this is a report we here I'm Monday. hollering loud because I can back up every word. And I'll whoop any man in the world, and I want everybody out there on TV to know it. I am the greatest. You're taking Zara foley too lightly. Like. Why would you say that? Because every indication has been that you're confident that you can beat Zara. I'm confident I can whoop all of them. This ain't nothing new. My image is being confident. What you're trying to make it look like something new for. I'm always confident I can whoop all of them. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever succulent means, if that's good, I'm there. You can't show me something that I'm here with Sugar Ray. Don't know what's the fat footage and started listening to the fat footage. Ray and I two printed down. We can't beat As soon as I knock that bum off, I'm going to take Cleveland Williams or Billy da- Billy Daniels both in the same night, if we can arrange it. I'll whip both of the bums. As as i you what a real passion is. I'll show you what a real moving on down, I'll 215 pounds. 215 pounds. Know even 9-2-1-0-0-0-0-0-0-0. I gotta go now, Muhammad. Are we gonna go? <laughs> Muhammad, during that fight that you lost, you said you'd kiss his feet. I <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh, <my. laughs> You just get past Paddles. Come, come over, on, ring number two. Sonny, Jones will fall in five. Sonny, come over and oh make that fall. offer. Come over and make that offer. And you power. be there to see it, you hear? Man, I'm, I don't get hit. I'm the fastest thing on two feet, man. Are you crazy? I'm tired of right. talking. Listen, the champion just made an offer. $100 around a round spar with him. And you, can only, and you can get in shape besides. Well, I'll make a better offer than that. I'll fight the champ for nothing.
7: Frazier visited our studios while preparing for their fight number two and to analyze their fight number one.
6: He gonna bring up the hospital. What the difference? Why'd you bring up the hospital? Figure, I went to the hospital um, five minutes. Why, um, why you figure I'm um, reading? Why you think I'm reading? Why you think I'm reading? you know, you sit down. Yeah. Oh, sit down. Sit down, man. Yeah. Sit down, Joe. Why you think I'm reading? Sit down, Joe. Huh? Sit, down, yeah. sit, down, Joe. Huh? sit down quick. Why you think I'm reading? No. Sit down quick, Joe. Huh? Sit down Sit down quick, Joe. Well, we're having a scene, as you can see, and it's hard to tell whether it's clowning or for real between the two fighters. This kind of thing has been going on all along in terms of promotion of the fight, and this time it seems to be for real, because Joe Frazier is really angry. I think that Ali is probably clowning. The bonus this man is going to whoop George Fullman, and I'm going to whoop him of all places in Africa, in the Congo, where the Lumumba boys are. I'm fighting your home territory. You couldn't be any happier the way this is coming up in September. Why would you call Africa my home territory? You've
3: been telling me that for 10 years. That's
6: right, and if you come over there talking like that, we'll cook you. I've been working four months for this fight. My weight today is 214 pounds. That's fight weight already. I'm way ahead of schedule. My timing, my accuracy, my reach will be an inch and a half longer. The man is slower. The man is flat-footed. The man don't stand a chance. The stage has been set. This man is supposed to annihilate me 10 years from Sonny Lester. I'm supposed to get it that time. I think it's be fitting that I go out of boxing just like I came in. Shocking in the world by beating a big bad ugly monster that nobody could beat. I told you, all of my critics, I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. When I beat Sonny listen. I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me, never again say that I'm going to be defeated, never again. They make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old, right. then you might get me. I told you, I'm the real champion. I told you, I'm the champion of the world. All of you bow. all of my critics crawl. Joe Frazier, they still think Joe Frazier can beat me. And I got his conscience right here to keep me on guard. See, see, his way he looks when you hit it. Come on, gorilla, this is a thriller. (laughs) We'll see. I don't care how small the ring is, I'll fight that chump in a telephone
8: booth. Oh, look at me, look at my nose, perfect shape, lips, face. And I'm, I'm not boasting. It's hard to be humble when you're pretty as I am.
9: What were some of the things that bothered you? Love and happiness
7: Yeah Something that can make you do wrong make you do right yeah. Love.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and
7: happiness But wait a minute Something's going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning Yeah Talking about How she can make it right Yeah Yeah Happiness is when You really feel good somebody, there's nothing wrong, being in love with someone, yeah, hey. oh baby, love it'll happen, baby.
0: Back, sports, social, with Ed Easton here on SoundCast FM. Uh, once again, we're just we're doing a special show, just dedicating all of this to the life of the great Muhammad Ali, passing away at the age of seventy four. And you know, I was I, I just enjoyed. I honestly just sat back and just listened to some of his old his old uh, <laughs> sayings and uh, the way he used to just rile up opponents. You know, with George Foreman, Joe Frazier, uh, Sonny Liston, it, it just went on and on. And it's it was just great stuff. And only that you can get from a guy like Muhammad Ali. So I was just sitting back and enjoying like the rest of you guys, uh, you know, after playing that, uh, obviously, you know, celebrities from every sport, every genre, they were just giving all their thoughts in regards to Muhammad Ali's passing. Um, I had a couple of, uh, a couple of different segments, which I felt like were really cool that I've heard over the past couple of days. Um, one of them, involved the uh, NBA TV crew and this is with Shaq Grant Hill and Kenny Smith they were discussing the passing of uh, Muhammad Ali and I just thought it was really cool the way they um, they described it and even Shaq's calling uh, Muhammad Ali his hero so uh just listen to a little bit of that We are
3: mourning the loss of the great Muhammad Ali. There will be a moment of silence before tonight's Game 2. Among those who have offered their perspective on Ali, the great Bill Russell, one of the NBA's all-time greats who issued this statement, quote, it's difficult for me to talk about my friend because real friendship is private. Muhammad Ali knew how to be a friend, and that's one of the hardest things to come by. I met him when he returned from the Olympics in 1960. I invited him to my house, which I used to do for all the Olympic gold medalists that I knew. We shared that experience. He knew how to be a friend, and I'll never forget that about him. His friendship meant a great deal to me. And I know for uh, so many elite athletes, he was sort of at the top of the heap of, of guys who were not only revered but respected and sort of worshipped by even other athletes like yourself.
10: Yeah, he was the most compelling compelling character boxing has ever seen, uh, civil rights leader, philanthropist, and he did. He did so many things that have been been untalked about. My favorite Muhammad Ali story in Kuwait, 1980, there were 15 hostages. Ali goes over there by himself, get the hostages free. You know, so, you know, stuff like that. It was all about peace. He was a great man. For me in my household, when my father couldn't get through to me as a medium-level juvenile delinquent, he would always show me Muhammad Ali clips. He would always show me his quotes. And he said, look, Muhammad Ali comes from the same place you come. I know you have a weird name. I know kids talk about you know, you know talk about you because of your name. Muhammad Ali has a similar type name. You can do it. He can do it. You can do it. So, you know, he's definitely my hero, my kids' hero, uh, my my family's hero. He would definitely be missed, but never forgotten. You know, we'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be 60 20 years. His name will still be around, along with Michael Jackson and Prince. That's the true definition of a hero and a legend to me. That they will never, ever, ever, ever be forgotten.
9: Well,
11: you know, I think everything has been said. You know, I would just regurgitate what Shaq said, you know, what he meant to all of us uh, as uh, not on just an athlete, uh, civil rights leader, as he said, and everything else he's done. I think the most important thing is just to remember how he affected change and how he made change happen. And I almost feel remiss, and I, I kind of bring an energy towards something that I probably wouldn't typically do it, but just reading the comments that Piers Morgan said about Muhammad Ali, really frustrated me in the sense that, saying that, well he said so many things, uh, inflammatory racist remarks about white people as more than Trump has said about Muslims. So to me, first of all, Muhammad Ali wasn't running for president, so in any kind of presidential situation, that person shouldn't have any kind of comments that are inflammatory in terms of race, creed, and color. Secondly, Muhammad Ali was talking to a different audience in the 60s. He was talking to uneducated, prejudiced, evil, not thinking people. And he's also to, uh, talking to a different African-American audience than it is in 2016. Where today, we have a different and assimilation between all of us together. So, if Pierce you understand that we're not here to debate or argue, we're just here to educate you. That he was talking to a different audience, and feeling a different time and he was going through a different situation that you probably would never understand and be able to do, to understand and really merit by making a comment like that on a, on the a day of his death when right. we should be celebrating that's- how great he was and why he wanted to make those inflammatory statements to get the attention to make the change. Well, a, it, and
3: speaking of inflammatory that's just opportunistic clickbait Thank nonsense on, on his part. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Glad you Grant, said it Matt. You, you met Muhammad Ali at a time around his most iconic post-boxing moment, post-fight, post-career moment at the 96 Olympics. Right, I did,
11: and I was with Shaq. We are on the 96 Olympic team. Uh, and just, you know, for me, there's few times in my life that I've been in awe. And when Ali came in and, and, and addressed all of us and spent time, uh, I tell you, the emotions, the excitement, uh, but to be able to interact with him, he came from a place of love and really wanted to put a smile on your face and understood his impact. And so that moment, that moment that I had a chance to share with, with uh, Ali and, and, of course, Shaq and Reggie and Charles Barkley were on that team, it, it's something that I remember for the rest of my life. And, and just to extend with what Kenny was saying, forget about what he said, it's what he did and how he lived his life. Right. He said he was great and he lived a great life. And so. Uh, I think he will, as Shaq said, greatest of all time.
10: Yep. And not only that, he influenced a lot of others. You know, he was, you know, for me, when when I watched him, especially when he was talking smack, I realized that coming up, I realized that, let's market him. And I kind of copied that. Like, I would, you know, Big Aristotle, I would do this, I would say that. Sacramento Queens all that stuff. I got that from Muhammad Ali. Like, he would say, you know what, Listen's going down in three, a bumble, you know, yeah. uh, a butterfly, r- rumble, sting like a whatever. But. <laughs> When I was watching him as a youngster, I was like, man, I hope to be that good. And if I ever get to that level, that's exactly what I'm going to do.
3: He was the first great trash talker yes, he was. in professional sports. And so many have been so articulate on the subject of Amin Ali and what he meant to them, including the great Jerry West, uh, who said his presence was almost godlike. That's a quote from him, and we'll hear from Jerry. So that was uh, just
0: a piece of what they were talking about. This was uh, even—it was about a couple of days ago, right before game two of the of the uh, NBA finals hearing Shaq's thoughts on it talking you know um Grant Hill giving his opinions and then K Smith brought up the whole uh, Piers Morgan comment and I thought it was a it was an extremely dumb tweet I mean let's let's be honest to bring that up at a time when a, a legend like that passes away that was a, it seemed like an attention thing right there and uh, I was really surprised by it but um there are people that think that so it's, uh, it's really an uh, interesting situation how people still have these views in 2016. That's, that's a reality. Uh, just going along with uh, some more comments and thoughts. This uh, next is from um, HBO Boxing, and obviously, you know, they cover all the top talent and Jim Lampley, Max Kellerman, and uh, Roy Jones Jr. spoke candidly about the passing of Muhammad Ali, and this was also uh, a pretty good clip, so um, definitely check it out. Uh, This is what uh, Jim Lampley and the crew had to say.
12: Back live at ringside, and Roy Jones, he he ultimately succumbs to the same time clock, uh, which marks time for us all, but he created a style inside and outside the ring which you and many other great fighters have attempted to emulate, and I know that you have one indelible personal memory of his visit to your gym in Pensacola. What happened that day?
9: Yeah, he came to Pensacola uh, on the healing tour that he was doing, and uh, he did a thing for us at the auditorium, and he came to the gym before we went to the auditorium to do the thing, and he asked me to get in the ring. So I'm thinking, Ali, this old get in the ring? Okay, what could he possibly do? So we get in the ring, he said, get in that corner. I got in my corner, he got in his corner, he said, You ready? I said, Yeah. I said, round one, bing, there bear rings, he comes out, and I'm he's serious. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see what he got, you know? And I'm looking at it and before I knew it, he's already taken my jab completely away, got me defensive, fighting him, but waiting to see or looking forward to see what he's gonna do to me. How did he do it? I have no clue. But then after I got through, I had to think about it. And I said, you know, this is one of the tactics that you learned from him. How could you beat the teacher at what he taught you to do? And it was the most memorable moment of my career because nobody to that point ever had gotten in front of me, the great Roy Jones Jr.,
13: in a boxing ring. Fabulous. Fantastic memory. Max Kellerman, your recollections. I've spent way too much of my life preoccupied with Muhammad Ali. You know, thinking about him, talking about him, watching him, listening to him, reading about him. And like so many, uh, and I've seen him in crowds, everyone looks at him, Muhammad. it's me, you know, we have this special connection, and of course, I feel the same way, which is why so many of us uh, around the world tonight, feel like we've lost someone in our family. Um, but, you know, and of course, he's, he's this enormous figure in the counter-cultural revolution of the 60s and 70s, he's emblematic of it, and more than that, he wasn't just swept up in history, he was a catalyst in that countercultural revolution, revolution. And, and yet, All that said, and everyone likes to talk about the impact he had outside of the ring, it simply wouldn't have had the same kind of force had he not done the impossible inside the ring. It was impossible to beat Sonny Liston. That was just never going to happen. It was impossible to get up from that left left hook you just saw from Joe Frazier, the gre- greatest left hooker ever, in the 15th round of the most brutal fight anyone ever seen. But he got up three seconds later and finished the fight. It was impossible to beat the invincible George Foreman, but he did it. It was impossible to survive the thriller and Manila, but he did it. All the kind of resonance now of his life outside the ring I think was amplified by the fact that he was in fact the greatest heavyweight who ever lived.
12: Well, he was my hero as well, uh, which makes me one of hundreds of millions on the planet, particularly for those of us born in the post-World War II era and who lived through the 1960s. The 60s were a decade which, in many ways, belonged to Muhammad Ali. And that unofficial title, The Greatest, can be debated in a variety of ways, but to me, there's no question on one simple pretext. Try to think. Try to think in your mind right now of any athlete, male, female, in any sport on the planet, who you think would give up three years of their life, three years at the height of their competitive and money-making power for a socio-political principle. How many other athletes would do that? None. There was one. There was only one.
0: Just powerful words there from Jim Lampley. Uh, Max Kellerman and uh, Roy Jones Jr. I mean, that's, that's, it sums it up. It was emotional just hearing Jim Lamp look like he was about to cry at the end of that. Uh, it's really all, well, he just meant so much to so many people. You know, it, it it's that serious. You put all that, you know, to the side and about people just not being sure what type of fighter he was. You know, we can put the stats to the side. He influenced a generation, or generations, I should say. It's incredible stuff. The, uh, you know, just like I said, he just had so many people that he that really that he affected. Um, this was a, a should be, I guess, a surprise to some people, but Muhammad Ali was very. Influential in wrestling and in, uh, professional wrestling WWE he, he's actually a referee in Wrestlemania 1 and I thought it was really cool uh, last night during Monday Night Raw the uh, WWE rolled out a package paying tribute to Muhammad Ali and I thought it was really cool so I'm uh, just going to listen to uh, a little bit of that
14: this week America and the world is mourning the loss of the greatest, Muhammad Ali. The most inspirational athlete of the 20th century, Ali was fearless in the face of any challenge. Ali's battles with boxing's toughest heavyweights are legendary. And outside the ring, Ali took on some of the most controversial and polarizing issues of the turbulent 1960s head-on. His provocative and outlandish public persona was actually inspired by a childhood hero.
6: Gorgeous George, a famous American wrestler. He was talking about, I am the prettiest wrestler. I am great. Look at my beautiful blonde hair. And I said, this is a good idea. (laughs) And right away, I started talking. I am the greatest.
14: Ali's infectious personality made him a natural in the world of sports entertainment. WWE was always a place where Ali could let his guard down and just have fun.
6: I'm not just gonna whoop boxers, I'm gonna whoop all the wrestlers in the world. I'm the lord of the Ring, Not only the wrestling Ring, but the boxer Ring.
14: His matches with WWE Hall of Famers Antonio Inoki and Gorilla Monsoon turned into worldwide events. What? and Ali played a prominent role in WWE history at the very first WrestleMania. Muhammad
10: Ali to a standing ovation.
14: He was an inspiration throughout his life, a man of courage and conviction, compassion and kindness. Muhammad Ali will always be the greatest.
0: a great job by the WWE for putting that together, talking about Muhammad Ali. Uh, it, you know, obviously his impact in not just boxing, but in wrestling and, you know, just sports entertainment itself. So it's uh, little, you know, things like that that you really can't put a uh, you can't really put a, uh, a really measure on and just how enormous his uh, his presence was. But that's Muhammad Ali. What I'm going to do is take a quick break, and um, when we come back, we'll wrap the show up. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
5: Face the fact you gotta face the fact Man needs a woman He needs a woman out there Man needs a woman He
13: needs a woman If not for Muhammad Ali Jim Brown may have entered a far more dangerous post-football career. Brown actually wanted to box Ali, so Ali told Brown to come to London where he trained. Ali took Brown to a park and said hit him as hard as he could. Brown didn't land a single punch. After about 30 seconds, Ali hit Brown with a combination to his face, and just like that, Jim Brown's boxing career was over. Their friendship, however, continued. Here's an interview Jim Brown did talking about Muhammad Ali.
4: Ali was a friend of mine, and very outspoken, very courageous young man, heavyweight champion of the world, and became a black Muslim, which was taboo. <laughs> and was anti-Vietnam War, and forced that, and refused to report for service, because he was a conscientious objector, based upon being a Muslim minister. And we thought that he had the right as an American citizen to be a conscientious objector and to use his religion in that way. But the United States government was gonna prosecute him with everything they had. So I felt that if I could get some of the top black athletes in the country to come together and have a public meeting with him and get his full views, and if we believed him, and trusted him, we could then back him up at the risk of whatever we had to take. In other words, we knew it was a great risk. And then in my office in Cleveland, in the back room, we all got together for about five hours and they shot questions at Ali, like from left field and all over the place. And he fielded them and he even cracked some jokes and told them that we, he didn't have to worry about the United States government, you know, he'll beat them. And he thanked us for uh, being there with him. We agreed that we would fully support his particular stance and give him that public support. And hopefully that would have some effect upon how the government looked at him. Ultimately, he beat the case. They dropped it. And it was just a, a wonderful thing to think back on, because it was young men taking a risk to do what we thought was right.
0: That was Jim Brown talking to the NFL Network in an exclusive interview before. Um, it's funny how, you know, they all talk about these moments and how Jim Brown saying that they tried to put together a, a group just to get an understanding of what Muhammad Ali was trying to do, obviously with the, con- the converting, you know, with Islam and, and just a lot of people's fears of what was going on. So I just thought it was really... Really interesting stuff and how you try. You, – you, you, let's, let's bring it back here. You talk about having like Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown. They're all having these meetings together with Muhammad Ali. That's how different the times were back then in terms of race relations and just religion and, and just anything different at the time. So uh, the amount of courage, the amount of understanding that – you got you think about all these stars, you know. I mean, now you just Muhammad Ali. It's it's amazing because I I don't even think the athletes today can do that. I I just couldn't see that happening. But uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, hopefully this is a learning lesson for a lot of people and uh, a lot of athletes, I should say, about their responsibilities and what they have. My last clip is. This was actually a, um, a discussion because a lot of people after 9-11 and after the, um, the tragic attacks, terrorist attacks, there was still a lot of confusion about Islam, and Will Smith and Muhammad Ali had a, uh, a quick discussion just to give people more information on Islam to understand what it was really about. So I'm uh, just going to play uh, a little of this.
11: Heroes come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and religions. This man might be the most famous person in the world. He's one of the greatest heroes of our time, and he is a Muslim. It was hate, not religion, that motivated the horrible acts of September 11th. And in the wake of these events, nothing could be more un-American than to respond to mindless hatred with blind vengeance. My friend and I want you to remember that. And that we are strongest when we stand together. Champ?
8: I'm here because of the terrible thing that happened the other day. I'm a Muslim. I've been a Muslim for 20 years. And I'm against killing, violence, and all Muslims are against it. People should know the real truth about Islam. You know me, I'm a boxer. I'm called the greatest of all time. People recognize me for being a boxer and a man of truth. And I wouldn't be here representing Islam if it was really like the terrorists make it look. I think that all the people should know the truth and come to recognize the truth, because Islam is peace against killing, murder, and the terrorists, and the people doing that in the name of Islam of our own. And if I had a chance, I'd do something
0: about it. That was Muhammad Ali and Will Smith. This was during the uh, support for the troops at the, uh, you know, after the the attacks on 9-11, on the, on the Twin Towers in the Pentagon, it was a—it uh, was definitely something that, you know, people needed to know because there was a lot of fear this, during this time. This was 2001, obviously, and um, Muhammad Ali obviously being dealing with the fight of Parkinson's, and you hear you could barely understand what he was saying. Uh, he was just talking about, you know, I'm a boxer, that I wouldn't be supporting something that would hurt all these people and you know it's things like that is why he was such a beloved person in this in this world I mean for the most part you know not just in America not just in boxing just as being a good person my last thing that you know I do want to bring up and it's kind of a very interesting coincidence but um we lost Prince about a couple of months ago. Prince and Muhammad Ali were good friends. And, you know, Prince said that's somebody that he looked up to. And, it you know, it was, it, it was just ironic that we lost two huge icons in the same year, only a few months apart. And even more of a coincidence, you know, I'm doing a show and this is this would have been the 58th birthday of Prince. So, with that being said, to close us out, gonna play a little Prince. Thank everybody for tuning in. And once again, rest in peace to Muhammad Ali and Prince. Everybody have a good one.
7: I never meant to call you Never
1: meant to call on you